Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week I am actually going to share with you guys a live recording from International Nanny Training Day. So Katie Leineke and I were lucky enough to be asked to speak at International Nanny Training Day in the Hyde Park location in Chicago, and we talked about positive discipline. So this episode is all about positive discipline. However, because it's a live episode, the sound quality is a little off. So I apologize for that. But the quality of discussion and questions that happened during the talk were wonderful. So it seemed worth sharing with you guys. So I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, I will be back at the end to share a story from a listener and I can't wait. Enjoy the episode, guys. Bye. <laughs> awesome. So today we're going to be talking about positive discipline. Uh, I have been living, breathing, reading all of the things about positive discipline for the past month and prepping for this. I already use a lot of positive discipline, but even adding more has completely changed my nanny game. And I'm really excited to share it with you. Uh, if you'll click the next slide, please. Great. So what is discipline? A lot of people, when you hear the word discipline, do you raise your hand if you have like a negative connotation at times? Yeah, sometimes it it feels like punishment, right? Uh, Discipline is not punishment. Uh, Discipline comes from the root word disciple, which means a follower of someone else's teachings. Um, So when you are disciplining your nanny children, you are actually teaching them how you believe the world works, how you believe it's appropriate to behave, ways to be kind, ways to be generous, um, successful tools for living their life. So when you think of discipline, sometimes it takes a a paradigm shift of how you perceive, like what you think. Um, So this is an interesting question that I want you to consider is, what do you want your legacy to be to the children you care for? What do you want to leave them with? Because we do eventually leave them, and it's really hard. So what do you want them to remember? What's the most important nugget of information or behavior that you can give them from your time together? Because we really do have them for a limited window, even if it's 10 years. That's still limited in the span of a lifetime. Yeah. Great. 
Great. So what is positive discipline? Um, it starts with mutual respect. So we teach a lot by modeling and we'll talk a lot about modeling throughout this, but um, showing the children that you are giving care to respect in a lot of different ways will teach them to then treat you with respect, mm -hmm. uh, which is wonderful. <laughs> um, also understanding the belief behind the behavior. Children are figuring the world out. They're new to it. So a lot of times it's like, what happens if I push this button? And that can also be an emotional button. What happens if I do the thing that I know will make my Manny upset? Mm. Um, and so just understanding that it's not coming from a place of malice and trying to understand the need that they're trying to meet. Uh, for themselves. Sometimes what helps with this too is um, changing the word misbehavior, which is a common phrase. We use it in one of my classes, Guidance for the Young Child. They talk about instead of calling it misbehavior, professionals are now calling it mistaken behavior because children are really just trying to get their needs met by any means necessary. And they have the same needs as us and they have less skills to obtain what they're looking for, for security, comfort, a sense of control. So they're trying whatever they have seen work in the past, which is sometimes undesirable behavior. <laughs> um, so the levels of mistaken behavior, the first one is experimentation. What happens if I stick this stick out in front of my sister while she's riding her scooter? And there's really no malice behind that. They're just curious. It can feel um, like a trigger to many of us, especially if you have safety concerns or you had a particularly rough or traumatic upbringing. Um, so it's important to be aware of your own triggers when handling mistaken behavior. Level two is um, socially learned or socially influenced. That's where you see superhero play. I saw it on TV. <laughs> I want to be Bruce Wayne or Batman or I want to be um, Spider-Man. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm going to make you the bad guy and then I'm going to hit you. But they're learning. They're trying to feel powerful. And that's also there's no malicious intent. And then level three mistaken behaviors where there are very, very serious unmet needs, unmet needs, excuse me, and that child needs the care of a therapist or um, a counselor that can help them work through whatever traumatic thing has happened to them. Um, so the first two levels, it's important to stay firm but friendly when you're talking to them. And the third level needs a additional support. And this is really hard because the children who in particular need the most support are the ones that are the hardest to get close to. They will ask for it in the most unloving ways yes. so a lot of times. It's important to keep that in mind when you're working with them. What is the unmet need? What is the feeling behind uh, the behavior? Yeah. And then effective communication. So communicating in a way that is on their level. Um, communicating in many different ways so that uh, if they didn't understand you the first time that they can understand you the second time or the third or the 17th. <laughs> um, discipline that teaches so not just because I said um, discipline so you're you're thinking about what you want to teach with the discipline, and we'll talk about that yeah. more later. Um, there are two, two types of consequences that are recommended by um, early childhood educators. There's a natural consequence, and there's a logical consequence. So a natural consequence, I'm tilting my chair, right, at dinner. <laughs> you've asked me not to, you've asked me not to, and then I fall. Um, you don't need to punish me because gravity punished me. <laughs> so you can offer um, comfort like, oh, I'm so sorry. 
I know that hurts. That's part of why I was worried about you doing that. You don't need to additionally add to that punishment because <laughs> gravity did that for you. Um, and we live in a world that does that. We live in a natural world with natural consequences. Um, a logical consequence, if I am coloring on this lovely green wall, and you come in and you find me, and we've talked about I color on paper, I don't clean all the walls. I don't clean the walls and the floors and the tables. I clean the spot on the wall that I did. I don't um, write out, I do not color on walls. No. No Harry Potter where we <laughs> scratch it into our hands. You clean up, you make amends for what you did, the very specific behavior, because that helps the child link. I don't draw on walls, and if I do, I have to help clean it up. Yeah, which transitions beautifully, as Katie is wont to do, into focusing on solutions instead of punishment. So I colored on the wall. How can we help fix that? Mm -hmm. the, the coloring does not belong on the wall. Yeah. How can we help fix that? And help, let them come up with how they can help fix that. Mm -hmm. um, and they might suggest, I should clean all the walls and the floors because they're feeling really badly about yeah. coloring on the wall. And you can help guide them to... I should maybe just clean the part that yeah. I did. <laughs> something that you will notice too with children is if they feel particularly bad about something um, that they've done, they might say, where you're like, oh no, you spilled, are you okay? They might say, I didn't spill, you spilled. And that's because, it's, it's very common across, yeah. um, especially younger ones, like four-ish is where it sort of stops. Um, that's because it feels so bad to know that they've done something that they didn't want to do. If they hurt someone's feelings, they're like, I didn't kick Timmy, you did, or I didn't have an accident, you did. And, and they're not intentionally lying. They just feel so terrible. They're trying to push that away from them. Um, so that's a, a wonderful opportunity to comfort them and to let them know mistakes happen. And let's clean it up. It's not about making the mistake. How can we clean it up? Because we want them to be engaged in that process of finding solutions to their problems. Yeah, and then encouragement instead of praise. So celebrate their process over the product. So I see that you are working so hard to put that puzzle together um, instead of uh, celebrating it only when it's, when it's done, um, et cetera, et cetera. One of the hardest areas I've ever learned to do that is art. Yes. Because children will show you their art. So we don't want to create praise junkies. Like, do you like it? Do you like it? Look at, do you like what I did? Um, so by, by noticing the process and saying like, wow, I see you used a lot of red and I see squiggly lines here. It's the easiest way to do it is just to say what you see. Um, it's really hard to stop saying good job because good job is vague. It's not specific. The child doesn't know what's good about their job that they did. <laughs> um, so sometimes when you're like trying to phase that out, you're like, good job remembering where to put your shoes. Wow, I really noticed you were trying hard and it was hard last week, but today you did it and you put them right on the mat and I didn't even ask you. Yeah. Um, so encouragement is very specific. So the more specific you can be, the better for the child. It's so hard. I saw your face of like, oh no, it's really hard. Um, and then and be encouraging to yes, yourself yes. as you do it. Good job, Martha, yes. for specifically encouraging <laughs> them to put their shoes on their mat. Yeah. <laughs> the children are resilient and very forgiving. So the, the beauty is, is as you're trying all these new techniques, or some of you may already be doing them or changing them slightly, they're resilient and they're loving and they don't hold grudges. It's a magical thing that children um, are capable of that some adults are not. <laughs> yeah. um, but... Um, allowing that to be part of the process too. Like, hey, I, I really messed up. I said that we shouldn't do this and I really didn't have a good reason and I wanna go back on that, let's fix that. That was my mistake. 
Yes. And modeling yes. is key. <laughs> yeah, because everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. Um, also, children do better when they feel better. So there's this, uh, in a lot of the books that I read, it talked about how um, the generation that raised us <laughs> somewhat had this idea. They did, they did a great job. We're all here. We're all healthy. We're all, you know, making it happen. But um, there was this belief that, that children should be, should be punished and, uh, and that we need to throw these obstacles in their way to for them, them to toughen them up. And, and, and we don't. Um, so the world will do that for you. Yeah, yeah. The world will do that for you. And that's not to say that we should run in and save them every time either. There is certainly a balance to it, but, but children do better when they feel better. So helping them feel better, uh, helps them do better. Mm -hmm. Next slide. Great. So reframing your thinking. Um, and this is from a uh, positive discipline for preschoolers. Uh, and I will include all our reference or all our source material in the email that I send to, out to you all. Um, but instead of asking, how do I make my child mind? How do I make my child feel capable? Um, so yeah, instead of like, how do I get them to follow all my rules? Uh, how, do I, how do I enable them to be able to, to work in the world? <laughs> the world is a tough place sometimes, a lot of times. Um, how do I make my child understand me versus how do I help my child feel a sense of belonging and significance? We play harder for our team, right? Mm. So including a child in, in a, in a team mentality of we're all trying to do this together will help them want to help out. Something um, I say a lot to the child I nanny for is uh, we're on the same team and how do teammates talk to each other. Um, I also often will say um, I'm not here to be the boss of you. I'm here to help you manage your time and help you like notice what might be making you feel unsafe or I'm just here to help you. I'm not here to like control you. And that also helps too because children are naturally, they have very few choices in life. Um, unless wonderful ladies like yourself <laughs> offer them choices, dignified choices. And so we will that's, talk about that later. We will talk about that on a later slide. Um, but allowing them to experiment with that and to have that is really a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. So how do I get my child to listen to me versus how do I help my child learn respect, cooperation, and problem solving? Mm -hmm. So when we're talking to them, we're not just talking to them so that they listen, right? We're talking to them so that they learn. And so uh, by just talking at them, that's very different than talking with them. And we'll talk about that more too. Um, how do I make this problem go away? <laughs> Which I know those are the thoughts that we have, you know, late at night sometimes. <laughs> um, um, oh, I have to go to work again tomorrow and it's all going to start over, but um, instead thinking, how can I use this problem as an opportunity for learning for my child and for me? Mm -hmm. And that is such a key piece of positive discipline is that we are also learning um, and being very open with your kids about yeah. that as well. Additionally, it's um, helpful to think about instead of telling them what they can't do, tell them what they can do. So mm -hmm. maybe I know I can't color on the walls, but I don't know anything else about where I can color. If you just say, don't color on the walls. Can I color on this table? Can I color on Martha's mug? Can I color on your favorite shirt that's in the laundry? 
uh, be specific about what they can do, um, and respect sort of um, like if a child has an urge to drum, but maybe not on the glass table with the wooden spoons. Be like, here's a really great place to drum. I have this awesome drumming pillow. And why don't you bring those spoons over here and we can do that, right? Give them a safe space to explore these desires and urges, whatever they're looking to do, um, as long as it's safe for them. Yeah. Ready for the next slide. Awesome. So eight methods for implementing positive discipline. Um, and this is, you know, a good place to start. It's not an exhaustive list. Um, but get children involved. Uh, like I said before, they, they want to play for their own team. So uh, let them help you with the creation of their daily routine as much as they're able. Um, and giving as much choice in that as you can, which also through the use of limited choices. So a big um, thing that I really, really fight for and believe in is autonomy. So offering them autonomy. So even just setting out three different outfits uh, for littler ones or once they're able to pick out their whole entire outfit mm -hmm. um, or just saying you need a shirt and pants and socks and underwear and then whatever yeah. you want beyond that, great. Any way you can minimize to your hand in the process helps them feel successful. Yes. So maybe they don't always choose appropriate choices. Maybe you have a winter drawer and you have a summer drawer and you can be like, choose a shirt from the summer drawer, choose a, um, a pair of pants. Like, or even as they age, we've started doing this. Why don't you open the back door? Because children feel weather differently. Mm -hmm. They're actually more efficient at heating their body because they're smaller. Mm -hmm. They have less surface area than we do. So they actually are warmer when it's cold out where you see them take your, their jackets off and you're like, why are you doing this to me? Um, they, they actually might be very warm. Um, so allowing them to open the door and see it. And they also need to learn. Sometimes you make an inappropriate choice and that's how you learn the natural consequences natural con of your actions. And that's the fastest way to learn something is if you experience, Oh, I tried that and it didn't work. Let me try maybe a long sleeve shirt if yeah. it's very cold outside. Allowing children safe places to take risks and fail is really important. Yes. Um, also, by providing opportunities to help. Uh, Leah talked to us a lot about ways to help in the kitchen. Um, so that, I'm so excited to try Monday morning. Um, but yeah, any way that they can help. If, uh, if you ask them to go get your shoes for you because you've got a bunch of stuff as you're trying to walk out the door. Can you run and get my shoes? And then adding, and I learned this from Katie, it's okay to say no. <laughs> um, because then that's offering them the choice that they don't want to go get your shoes. Yeah. And that's okay too. That's boundary set. I'm a big boundary believer. Like boundary setting is, I have um, had boundary struggles my whole life of feeling like I have to do something. I, I must always help. I can't ever say no. And so I'm really trying to recreate a legacy for um, the child that I'm with, who is a super helper. Um, even small opportunities where I'm like, oh, I, I need to get paper towels from the basement. Do you think you could do that? It's okay to say no. And she actually says it to me now yeah. um, because of modeling. Um, she'll be like, Katie, can I have a piece of gum? It's okay to say no. Um, but it's, like, it's really lovely to see that um, kind of spit back at you in a way. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's an effective technique, and yeah. also it helps them later in this culture of body autonomy. 
if you don't want someone to touch you, it's body safety too. It's okay to say no. Yes. And to have your no respected is really important. And that's something I believe firmly in for young children is body autonomy. Like, don't touch me if I don't want you to. So um, giving them opportunities to say no and to make decisions because they need to practice. Yeah. And then teaching respect by being respectful. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but um, just so this is a little story about my little ones. Um, I started hearing the older, I have two siblings, uh, six and a half and four and a half, the older sibling saying the younger one's name in the way that I do when I really want his attention right then. And, uh, and it was harsh and it really snapped me out of, I was like, oh, that is how I speak and that is unacceptable. Mm. And so just learning that lesson um, and I talked to them about it and I said, I'm sorry that I've been speaking to you that way. Uh, and we worked out how I can get their attention without having to use such a harsh tone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, teaching respect by modeling respect for the children. They are human beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How is that? How do you get the attention without those stern tones? So um, I have, what they helped me come up with is that I will say his name once and if uh, he doesn't listen the first time, uh, then I get to use like our special nickname, uh, which he has told me lately that he doesn't like, but he was like, it might help because I don't like it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like if you're signing off on that and we just had this talk last week, so I'll let you know. Cause it, it's, a, it's a work in progress. In early childhood too, they talk about um, when you're, if I'm doing something over here and you're talking to me, I might be so focused that I actually cannot hear you because my brain, especially with yeah. children, they're mm -hmm. forming these neural pathways. They're working really hard to learn everything about the world we live in. So um, coming to them, touching them on the shoulder, looking them in the eyes, making sure they're looking at you. Um, and then sometimes it's like, I often, I don't like to be yelled for across the house unless there's an emergency. So coming to find the child will help to um, any way that you want to be spoken to or listened to, um, you must also do that to the kids. I'm sure you're great at that. And kids go through phases where they're more distracted or less likely to listen or going through a rebellious stage, and that's great too. Um, have you have you gone directly to the child and got on their level? Also, face to face yeah, on their so levels. I really have fun. a five year old who's always like that, very engrossed in what. Yeah, she's yeah, doing, which is great. It's like, and she's just, all, you think she's in La La Land, but yeah. she's just very, Focus. I mean, I feel bad because I think she thinks her full name is, come on, Sophia. She's just like, always, you know, so it's just always getting her attention and yeah. really challenging, but yeah. Yeah, maybe trying to go to, to her and yeah. Like yeah, like, <laughs> I have to do that for my mom, where I'm like, look me in the eyes, mom, we're going to have a conversation now, um, because she's also very focused, um, which is a wonderful skill, and you want children and adults to be able to have prolonged focus and activities, both desirable and undesirable tasks, um, but if you can be, like, warnings are great, like, I need to talk to you, is now a good time, um, or um, even just walking over before you start the conversation and kneeling and then like touching their shoulder would be a good, um, it kind of distracts them, it disrupts their brain pathway from what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So you might be able to get it in that way. Yeah. 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 With that, um, also our instinct is often to get louder mm -hmm. 
And children almost always respond to whisper. Yes. You just <laughs> seem excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so how do you do with that two years old? Or okay. young to go um, to him and speak, but he's looking for everything else except you. We, in preschool, because I work with three and four-year-olds in my preschool, I'm a teacher for the three-fours, um, so a really good starter is to look, can I use you, is that okay? So like, I, she's doing something else, and I'm like, hey, what color are my eyes today? Because they're, they're young enough that they don't realize your eye color doesn't change. So, <laughs> they look up at you, and they're like, what color are her eyes today? I'm like, are they blue? Are they green? Are they purple? What's the color? And then they're looking you right in the eyes, and that also helps. And then if they um, if they track away from you again, you can be like, look in my eyes. Did they change? And then you can keep going. And I would ask them to also repeat back um, whatever information you've said. Use less words always. Yeah. Um, the many children when they're really young, three, four, and under. Um, two to three word sentences, especially if you're asking them to follow a set of instructions. Mm -hmm. So coat first, coat first, then shoes. Um, and then you can repeat the prompt. That's really a, a helpful tool. If you're, or like, um, we sit at the table, you know, something that's short and concrete because they also, their language processing is, is pretty low at that point as well. So the less words you can use, the better. I had to learn that in teaching. I'm, Real wordy stuff. So. He don't talk much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have a quick question, please. Yeah. So I'm so sorry. No. So how do you get a five-year-old? He steals. He sneaks stuff. Like how do you get him to stop? Is he sneaking food or is yes, he? Yes, he's sneaking food. Like everything he touches. Like yeah. my for my older daughter, he's always sneaking her stuff in his room, and yeah. you know things like that. Like, is this your son, a nanny kid? No, my son. Your son, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. My first instinct is uh, instinct is that the child is feeling a little bit of low-grade anxiety about um, either not having enough or um, when will I get to, to have a turn. Uh, we have kids at snack a lot of times who they will, like, hoard the snack and then, like, shove it in their mouth. Or we have kids who take toys from school. Um, and a lot of times that child is feeling like maybe I don't, I have to take care of me. Um, so maybe a gentle reassurance of like, I know you really like that toy. Is there something we can do? I'm noticing, because uh, he's five, so we can talk to you a bit more. I'm noticing you're taking a lot of your sister's things. Are you bored with your toys? What's going on? Do you, do you want more grown-up toys? Are you looking for something different? Uh, have you talked to him about it yet? I, not really, but I, I'm sensing that he still has a hard time because we have a 14-month-old. Uh, yeah. So I think he still has a hard time, you know, yeah. accepting that he's not the baby anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, would, I would first open with conversation because a child at five can probably give you a good idea of what's happening and what they're feeling. Um, and then after that, um, you maybe like, I've noticed you're doing this. I'm, I'm wondering if you don't feel like you have enough time or space or toys is there something we could do maybe we could keep all the toys in one room um so that no toys live in the bedroom or um, yeah and have him time. help come up with solutions so say the problem you know the problem is that if this it's all in your room yeah. it belongs to your sister and it doesn't belong in your room yeah. how can we solve this problem and have him help brainstorm with that because if he comes up with the solution he's a lot more likely yeah. 
to stick to it. Statistically, they if a child solves the problem, comes up with a solution, they're more likely to implement and stick to it. Yeah. 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 What's the like advice or helpful tip for kids who are like one though? Because I have two, and I feel like one definitely takes advantage of when I'm occupied with the other. Yeah. So if like I'm in the middle of a poopy diaper, they're gonna climb up to the top of the shelf and like don't yell, but. Are they looking for snacks, or are they like just, climb up to the top of the toy shelf? Or just likes to climb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing is too is all of these undesirable behaviors are actually um, positives in a different light. So oh, yeah. your child's taking initiative to get their needs met. Your child's exploring and is um, showing off signs of autonomy, and those are actually really great things. But they're so frustrating with their <laughs> caregiver, right? Because you're like, I just want you to be safe. I'm worried. Um, is there a yes, the yes space, right? Is that Pascal? Yeah, uh, that's Rye. Rye. Okay, so there's a, a person on Martha's podcast. <laughs> Kim, um, actually. She's Kim, here. <laughs> Kim, on Martha's podcast, um, who talked about giving the child a yes space, um, a place where they can be, where if you got locked out of the house, and you had to wait for someone to come and um, open the door, you knew absolutely without a doubt your child was safe. And so that really opened yeah. my brain because I was like, wow, I don't know if we have a space like that in the house. Um, but maybe it, you can, because at one, they might still adhere to a pack and play sort of mentality. Um, if you can try to create a space where it's okay for them to climb um, in that area, like, I don't know if you have foam floor mats. Have you seen those? At, I've seen those. Yeah, that might be useful and be like, because at one, they're not going to understand you staying here. <laughs> um, no. You're like, I'm going to leave this door open. Um, but maybe like a gated, can they climb over the gate? He's almost there. Almost there. I'll say another yeah. week or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would the child come with you and help you change the diaper? If you're like, I really need your help because mm -hmm. this baby has a diaper I and so. I need an additional mm -hmm. set of hands. Okay. He's just like a wanderer. He, he just, likes yeah. to be... He's exploring. Yeah. yeah. Which is his job. Yeah. To be fair. Um, Where do you change it, diapers? Like, Can you shut the door to the room and have the child in there? I would say child pool. Maybe that's something we could work yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> and it's hard because if it's not your house, you don't really have a lot of control. Yeah, but in the yeah. same way we would <laughs> talk. Look like they have kids. Yeah, yeah. In the same way we would talk to a five-year-old about it. Can you talk to the parents? Yeah. This is the problem I'm yeah. facing. What solution can we come up with? Because when I'm with this other child, I am not able to give my full attention. Yeah. And so how can we solve this problem? A lot of times the parents are having that issue too. Yeah. So they're more willing to like listen to um, ideas and things like that about what you that's might the only, That's the only unique part of the only share. Yeah. yeah. When they have one, they don't understand yeah. what it's like to have two. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I just had to come to them and say, because the one was like a few months older, so he was exploring a lot more. They wanted to share in their house. And I just had to say, like, I can't guarantee that I can keep both kids safe. Yeah. Right. We need to baby proof more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they didn't want to put a baby gate, their stairs goes up a few steps, then turns. Yeah. It would damage the wood. They wanted to put it up a few steps. And I said, no, like, three steps of a fall is too dangerous. Yeah. 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 And 
then once they did it, it was fine. It's a lot of the two is, especially if they have one, they don't know. They, they haven't had an additional <laughs> child. They, exactly. I yeah. mean, really, it's yeah. one of the most important jobs you'll do is be a parent or raise children. And if you're a parent and a first-time parent, you may not have any experience. They just give it to you and say, Congratulations! I don't need any credentials from you. Yeah. Do you have a suggestion? Yeah. Um, by example, it's um, we are a team with the parents. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we 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 have to talk about it, and then we came up with a solution. Um, in my case, um, the 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 boy he's very very active. So, um, saying no is not a, like a mm -hmm. a solution. So, I say, um, well, we we suggest taking gym class. Um, by example, or I say, okay, we cannot do it right now. I'm not saying we cannot do it at all. We cannot do it right now, but we're gonna go to the park together, and you are allowed to do it all you want with yeah. me. Every time I say like, oh, you cannot do it right now, but that doesn't mean that you cannot do it at all. You can like uh, go in the kitchen, but with me. Mm -hmm. You can do this or that, but with me or in this moment. Or we're gonna do it in five minutes. We can set up the timer. Mm -hmm. You can help me. What's number five? So we do it like as a team. And then when the parents are on the weekends, uh, we're going <coughs> to do the same. We're going to stick together, OK? Um, we don't want to say no. We're going to do it, say, like, what you can do it by that time. No, what? You're going to do it with Becky. <laughs> like that's all my own me. So, or I cannot do it. Oh, you want to do it with mommy and daddy? No, we are a team and yeah. we're going to work together. Yeah. That you might be able to be like, oh, it's time for changing time. That's our exercise time. We're going to shake our sillies out and then yeah. like sing a song. And like, so they're in the room and they're getting that energy out. But in a way that you, this is me shaking my sillies out in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just, yeah, uh, flinging water from my hand. Um, but that might be another solution. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to set a, a good ground discipline because I feel like yeah. when they're so little, we're just like, oh, we'll, we'll get to them when they get yeah. to sleep later. Yeah. They yeah, really no, like and that's important to set the habits important. now. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, I've learned that. With, especially with toddlers, uh, fairness and compromise is everything. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying no, just to figure out halfway for them to be happy. Yeah. So I used to be a daycare teacher and my um, <coughs> my work sta uh, time started, was starting at 9 a.m. and they were coming earlier. So when I was supposed to come, uh, before me they were playing, uh, they were having free, uh, free play and when I you know, was entering in the, in the school, they were supposed to clean up and the class to start. So I would enter every morning and they're playing and I'm like, guys, you have to clean up. And they're like, no, no. Oh yeah, that's hard. So yeah, and I was like, instead of saying, okay, you have to clean up right now mm -hmm. and make them unhappy. I was like, you know what, guys, you know what? Five more minutes, okay? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. So everything was yeah. much easier. So I would just suggest like, make up something. You know what, let's finish this and you can jump after as much as you want, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Is this? Because we have a lot. Yeah, we have so much more to get through. Um, okay, use your sense of humor. That's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, but like the other day, I uh, needed to work on something, and of course, I was using like their uh, their guest bed to like fold laundry, and of course, that's when the kids want to be on and around the bed. And so uh, we turned it into a tickle game with their permission. Tickling is a 
tricky thing, always get their permission before you tickle them. But we turned it into a tickling game that if they came into the room, then I would tickle them out. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Make it, make it silly, make it fun. We're working with children. <laughs> humor diffuses a lot of um, anger as well. So humor is a great tool in your toolbox. If you can make it funny, like, oh, wow, you have the best pout face on right now. Like, do you think I can make a better pout face than you? Let's try. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's see if I can make a sadder face than your face or, or an angrier face. Like, yeah. teach me to make your my nose crinkle the way your nose crinkles. Yeah. Um, and that kind of gives them a dignified out to whatever they're feeling. Yeah. Uh, get into your child's world. So in um, the positive discipline for preschoolers, they... Um, they talk about actually walking through the house, mm -hmm. like on your knees or on all fours to see what the kids see. Really think about what it is like in, in their world, what their challenges are, uh, what they are going through and ask them about it if they're of talking age mm -hmm. or talk to them about it if they're not of talking age because talking with them is helpful at any yeah. age. That's a tip for preventing mistaken behavior too is your environment is an additional teacher. So if you can make it safe for them and they can have autonomy over it, they can take things out, they can put things away, um, they often, your days are easier because you have less outbursts because the child is less overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, say what you mean and mean what you say. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, all, um, you know, all that you say, I work with a little baby. He's nine months now and he's growing. He started growing uh, last week. And, but with him, it's the first baby He's mm -hmm. unhappy with everything. So that, um, you know, I, I don't know what to do with him because yeah. I put him on the floor for some time or crawling, whatever yeah. I do. He's maybe two or, or three seconds and he's ah, and he's mad for everything. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I tell her, I talk with his mom and she say it's her personality. Yeah. It's Temperament personality. style. Yeah. yeah. She say it's because uh, maybe he's like me. She said, because I, uh, I like to, you know, to do everything fast. I want everything for me. So I don't know yeah. if that is, uh, that, you know, that makes sense. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, it, does. it totally makes sense. Him, you know, I put him on the floor and he do this, <clears throat> and he go back. The other day he uh, has a, you know, he touches me and he says, oh my God, I was so scared. Yeah. And, uh, he was crying and crying. Yeah. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, and children need a balance of both. Yeah. Um, so that sounds like a temperament issue. Um, so there are three, three air quotes, temperament styles. They used to be called easy, slow to warm up, and difficult. And they no longer call them that. So it's um, fun, uh, feisty, and slow to warm up. So feisty is like that child cries more often. They have irregular feeding and sleeping schedules. Um, the easy or, um, or flexible, it's not fun. Um, flexible child is somebody who like goes to bed easy, um, at the same time is very regular, um, slow to warm up, they need more time maybe to get adjusted to whatever it is. They might be slightly resistant to change, but they will engage in the activity. And the feisty <coughs> child, which actually being feisty is actually a pretty great thing yeah. in your adult life. Um, it can be hard, really, really hard, because you, you feel like you're not doing anything right, and you're like, I don't know what you need from me. 
Um, trust that if your baby is fed and changed and being paid attention to um, then, and sleeping when yeah. they can, that it, it's not an issue with you. It's just that child. Um, they call it goodness of fit. If there's ever a temperament difference, it sounds like the mom and the child have a different temperament style. The parent or the adult is always supposed to change their temperament or adjust their temperament to help the child because the child can't because it's just a child. Um, I, it sounds like you're doing it. You're working really hard. I, I can leave him, you know, just cry. Some yeah. nannies tell me because sometimes I have play days. Yeah. And some nannies tell me, let him cry yeah. and then he will be fine. Because yeah. we work uh, under schedule, so everything is set with him. Uh, the time for nap, time for everything is uh, under schedule. So they, they say, um, let him cry. So I can't do it too yeah. because her, uh, his mom is checking me on the yeah. camera. I would ask and her. sometimes she send me a picture from the camera and she and she tell me, Oh he's crying, why he is crying? Mm -hmm. So Yes. It's, you know, it's so uh, stressful. Yeah. I would, can we talk, can you and I and Katie potentially talk after? Because, yeah, uh, yeah I, would, I would love to give you more, but I, I fear of running out of time yeah. for the whole thing. Um, we're almost done. Yeah, we're almost yeah. done. So, uh, this was, you need more time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we need a million more slides. Could you give... Is, is what you just spoke about, those, parent, those styles and all that Temperament? for her, is that in this positive book or is it another um, book that you I can you give could... you more information. If you okay. put a star next to your name, if you'd like to know, I think the clip will find you. <laughs> uh -huh. I'll send you um, a bunch of information about temperament styles because okay. it's, it's really interesting yeah. and important. Uh, and that might be a future podcast episode. Yeah. Okay, back to this. So say what you mean and then follow through with kindness and firmness. So children can tell when you are not being completely truthful with them. So if the park is open, but you don't want to go, then don't tell them the park is closed. Uh, they, they will figure it out and call you on it. And it's, <laughs> um, so just be as open and honest with them as you can uh, at all times. And then also if you say that um, when you put your shoes on, we can leave, then when they put their shoes on, you need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if something changes, then be open and honest with them about why it changed. But as much as you can, stick to what you said. Uh, be patient. Uh, children are learning. This is all, like every everything is new to them. So when you introduce something new to them, they're, they're not gonna get it on the first try. No one, no one can, no one should. Uh, and so, be patient with them. Uh, if something changes in their schedule, it takes us all a while to adjust. Uh, so as much patience as you can practice. <laughs> um, ask, don't talk, or act, don't talk. So like Katie was saying before, the fewer words you can use, the better. Also eliminates power struggles. If you use less words, um, children are less likely to engage you in a negotiation or a fight. <laughs> yeah, and then supervise them very carefully. So uh, don't just say, go do this, and then have them go do it. <laughs> um, accept and appreciate your child's uniqueness. So like you were speaking about, that is, is the child that you're working with, and they're all wonderfully unique. Mm -hmm. uh, as we are all in this room wonderfully unique and they are wonderfully unique in relation to your wonderful uniqueness. So uh, 
take some time to appreciate that fact. Uh, I sat down and wrote out all the things that I appreciate about my nanny kids uh, on a day that, or a week, I was feeling particularly frustrated with them, and it really, really made a difference. Um, considering your week two with the children and uh, weekly wins and challenges for the child is also really helpful because it helps you to reframe how you're viewing in particular a child who needs extra guidance if you're struggling with um, a scenario or a particular set of behaviors it helps you to think about like well we did have this issue but look at all the growth this child has made from last week yeah next slide we made it guys <laughs> um, so timeouts. Um, we talked a little bit about timeouts in the back of the room uh, timeouts are actually, I don't know if you've noticed, they don't really work. Um, children uh, end up having like a prisoner warden technique. Little Timmy's not sitting on timeout being like, you know what, Sarah's right. I shouldn't have kicked my brother when he took my truck. Next time I'm going to do better. Timmy's like, man, this is unfair. My brother took my truck, and I'm going to kick him, and I'm going to kick him when mom's not watching. And I'm going to kick him harder next yeah. time. So um, <laughs> the goal, the goal of... Um, so in early childhood, they talk about instead of timeouts, take a cool down time or a time in. Um, so you don't remove yourself from the child because that is a punishment. It also teaches children to be afraid of making mistakes. Um, so the goal is to help them learn to self-regulate and self-remove. So if you can help the child um, by suggesting that they like, let's take breathing, um, let's take some time to breathe, let's count to 10. Oh, again, what color are my eyes? Let's, let's name some colors because if you um, are engaged in your sensory input, you actually can't be engaged in the emotional part of your brain. So if you like think about the color purple and you're feeling anxiety, now, oftentimes your brain has to switch gears. So that's kind of some brain science working in your advantage. Um, and asking them to uh, say like, what can you feel with your feet right now? Mm -hmm. what, what do you see? Name five things yeah. you see in the room. Things uh, like can that. we have the next slide please? Ms. Jessica? Thank you. I'm, I'm going to skip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the goal is to teach that, um, the self-removal <coughs> technique, which is actually what you want, because when they're feeling angry and they want to hit their brother for taking their truck, they notice, I'm feeling angry, and they might move to their own cool-down space. So creating a space that's safe for them, um, offer to go with the child. Um, so this is also child-directed. So at school, we take safety breaks if you're being unsafe, which is kind of like a timeout, but you're in charge of it yourself. So the teacher might say, you know what, Martha, I see you're not being safe. I saw that you hit Steve. Um, I, for, I would ask her why, because usually when people hit someone, there's a reason. Um, we talk about that feeling. That way the other child feels heard. Be like, I really understand that. I really can't let you um, hit Steve, especially if it's a repeat offender. It looks like your body needs a safety break. Let's go pick a space. And when you feel like your body's ready to be safe, you can get up at any time and come back to play. Um, and that gives the child um, experience self-regulating and being like, I do feel like I'm ready to be safe. I feel calm. Um, once the child is calm, you can have a guidance talk, which is like, I know you were mad at Steve. Let's talk about what we could do next time. And then you wait for them to come up with ideas. And you look like you're thinking because you often already know the answer of other things you could do besides kick Steve. Um, I, in my brain, I count to 20 because that's what they recommended in school because a lot of times children, when they're having a thought in their brain that they are trying to regurgitate for you, it takes more time than if I were to ask you a question, you would probably be able to spit back out whatever your brain's decided is the answer. Um, so counting helps. 
um, in your own mind to give them a chance to answer. Um, I like to teach children to make amends and not say sorry because of, as we all know, children are like, sorry, I said sorry. Like, so that's a, like get out of jail free card. Um, but actually the more important thing I like to say too is sorry means changing your behavior. So if you're really sorry, that means you try not to do it again. So what can we do? Let's check on the child. Does Steve need an ice pack? Does he, and often we say, Steve, how can I help you make, how can I help you feel better? Yeah. And Steve might say, I want a hug, or I want you to not do it again, or let's go play with these trucks over here. <laughs> um, and if it's a safe answer and both children are okay with it, even if it's not what you would pick for the solution, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, next slide, please. <clears throat> This is the Martha's cute idea for a cool down zone. Yeah, so uh, I read about this. I, I, I did not come up with this idea, but they called it Antarctica and it had fun blankets. This is not the picture of the actual thing, but uh, so it was a cool down area that is themed like Antarctica. So they had books about Antarctica in it and uh, penguins and comfy blankets and white pillows. And so it's a very safe space that a child can go from angry to calm. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and making it a fun place to be instead of a punishment. Punitive, yeah. yeah. Next slide. Uh, so these are the seven powers for conscious adults. I'll just read through these. Um, the big idea is no one can make you angry without your permission. Yes, that's true. It's, that like revolutionized my thinking. Um, the goal is to teach adults and children to take responsibility for your own upset or feelings. Um, the next big idea is we're all in this together. The goal is to perceive compassionately and offer compassion to others and to ourselves because life is hard. Uh, the next big idea is whatever we focus on, we get more of. So the goal is to create images of expected behavior in a child's brain. Um, we talked a little bit about boundaries too. When you're driving at night over a bridge or on a windy canyon road, does the guardrail make you feel safe or does it make you feel mad? when you have a guardrail to protect you from going off the side of the cliff. Safe. Safe, right. So do boundaries for behavior. So it's important to set a boundary. When you hit, you will always take a safety break. Or when you um, are upset, we need to go to the cool down area because it makes children feel safe to know what to expect because they really don't know unless you're teaching them. Um, big idea, the only person that can change is you. You actually only have the perception of control. You don't actually have control of these small children. Um, and that's really interesting too, is like if they are not going to cooperate, they're not going to cooperate. Um, so the goal is learning to connect and guide instead of force and coerce. Next slide please, Miss Jessica. Um, big idea, the moment is as it is. The idea is to learn to respond to what life offers instead of attempting to make the world go our way. The next big idea is choose to see the best in others. Seeing the best in others keeps us in the higher centers of our brains so we can consciously respond instead of unconsciously react. I'm still working on this in my relationships um, with adults. So um, learning to pause, and sometimes it actually helps me like, okay, what do I smell right now? And that takes me away from the emotional knee-jerk response of like, I'm gonna fight you. Uh, because we are, the mirror neurons in our brain, if someone's defensive or yelling at you, you're more likely to be defensive and yell at them as well. And children, again, they have a lower threshold for impulse control, so they're more likely to start that argument. So you need to be able to remove yourself and calm down, and modeling is key for that as well. 
Um, I believe the, the last big idea is mistakes are opportunities to learn, like the mistake that I didn't put goal on these two top ones, um, oh. but I did on the <laughs> bottom. Um, goal is to teach a new skill rather than punishing others for lacking skills we think they should already possess by now. Um, I'm sure you've all experienced this too, where you're like, could you do this? And then the child attempts it and you're like, my bad, you've probably never done that before. <laughs> Let me tell you how I would do it. And then if you can find a different way that works better for you, that's great too. Next slide, please. I'm trying to breeze through Yeah, these. yeah, yeah. Um, tools in your toolbox. Quality time. Excellent for preventing mistaken behavior. Um, the more And the more positive relationship you have with a child, the more likely you are to be able to redirect. Uh, no learning happens outside of a warm, positive relationship. So if you do not have a warm, positive relationship with the child you're working with, you see it like kids throwing rocks at the chickens at the farm that you don't know, and you're like, be careful. They're like, whatever, lady. Like, I'm not <laughs> you're not my mom, right? Um, reflective listening. You're so sad. Or even if you come up to a child, that goes a really long way in stopping the child's emotional response if they feel like somebody's recognized it. Um, that's also a lot of what perpetuates adult fights is you want to be right, but actually you want someone to hear you and to reflect back that you have made a difference. They understand you. Um, so saying you're so mad, you're so sad, I see you're really frustrated, um, that goes a really long way. Looking for the unmet need, guidance talks. Um, I'm going to skip five-step conflict resolution There's process for now. There's a whole podcast about it, so it's <laughs> awesome. It's called Conflict Resolution. Um, you can go back and listen. Tell me more. Uh, helps you get a better idea of what the child was trying to do in mistaken behavior where if they stick a stick out in front of their sister who's running, like, wow. I saw your sister got hurt. Tell me about what you were, like, what was going on there in your brain? What were you trying to do? Because um, sometimes they might actually have a really good reason for why they did what they did, or an understandable reason. Um, try to wait and not intervene, because once you have taught them some of these skills, they need to practice them. And that's really hard as well. So hard. Um, giving them a chance. Um, withholding judgment from feelings. You can't control how you feel. You can only control how you behave. So, um... Avoiding shaming children for having a feeling, like if they're mad or sad, like no you're not, no you're not cold, or you're not hot, put your coat on, like you're, you're not um, full, finish this plate. Um, a lot of children, even at the age of two, can tell you when they're feeling feelings of satiety, which is like fullness in your stomach. Uh, and we actually undo that by forcing them to finish their plate, which is um, kind of shocking. Yeah. Uh, but we've all, we were all taught that as well. Um, modeling your behavior. If you have a child who won't stop asking you the same question, that's usually a sign of anxiety, of some kind of anxiety, or trying to get their way, um, which high need for control is also a sign of anxiety. So you can say, you asked and I answered, or, and then shorten it to asked and answered every time they continue to ask. You can also say, if they're continuing to ask, uh, can I, can I, can I have the candy? Can I have the candy? You can say, if you need an answer right now, the answer is no. If you can wait, the answer is maybe. Uh, because then if they ask again, then you say, the answer is now no. And then yeah. and yeah. then you can go to ask and answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about a few... does that start, do you think? Like, what age? Uh, ask and answer, you can start as young as you want. Uh, because they'll start to learn. Uh, the my beauty two-year-old doesn't get that yet. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to answer you. Yeah. yeah. With my three-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah. 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 And I use... Uh, it's a I started, saver for sure. I started yeah. at 
three with my little yeah. guy of uh, if you need an answer right now, the answer is no. Yeah. If you can wait, the answer is maybe. Um, yeah. uh, visual cues for the children. We're all, I'm, this is our last slide. Yeah. Uh, visual cues. So um, sometimes I have a student who really loves to do other things when we're having a short circle time, like play with whatever toy is next to him. Um, and so if you can just like give them a head nod that, you know, the nanny, the nanny look of like, we're like, uh, that will help them. It also saves their dignity in the situation and you're more likely to get compliance if you're treating them with dignity and respect. Um, physical proximity goes a long way. You don't even have to say anything, especially if you just like walk over, if you're doing something I don't want you to do and like stand by them. Um, you see high school teachers do this all the time to people who are texting. It works um, with adults too. Yeah. I was in a Harry Potter show that involved drinking adult beverages and there were people in the audience that were talking the whole show and I went out and stood next to them and it worked. Yeah, so. it's very effective and you don't have to say anything because oftentimes many children have internalized what's appropriate behavior. Um, you can also use, I need you to make a safer choice. This is not a choice right now. It especially works if um, you've offered them a lot of choices. Like, do you want broccoli or do you want corn? Do you want, if you give them lots and lots of choices, um, dignified choices, uh, that you're okay with both of the answers to. Yeah, really quickly, yeah. Katie, can we touch on dignified choices? Yes. I know we're um, wrapping up. Dignified choice, uh, so you have to offer children choices if you want them to a, learn to make choices for themselves. Because um, we have a lot of adults who grow up and be like, I don't know what I want for dinner. And they can't make choices because they were really never given the opportunity. Um, are you laughing because that's you over there? Because <laughs> <laughs> it happened in the car on the way here. Oh, oh so you know. So allowing choice, a dignified choice is not do what I have told you or take a time out. And a lot of people are like, well, I offered the choice. It's like, but that, there's no dignity in that. You're actually like, do this or, um, or you get punished. Yeah. yeah. And that's not fair. So um, if you want them to do something like, we really need to fold your laundry. You can do it now or you can do it after your snack. When would you like to do it? So they feel like they have some say in it. Both answers are okay with me because our laundry is still getting folded. Or um, we have to go to the store for your mom and dad. Uh, we can do that first or we can do that last. When would you like to do that today? Um, that gives them more opportunities to do that. Or I can't let you hit Timmy. Here are some choices I can give you because this is a toy we share. You can let them use it now. You can let them use it later. Um, in our preschool classroom, we say, uh, always ask. You have to give them the script. So you're like, I see you want to use that toy. It's in his hand right now. We can't take things out of people's hands. Here's what you can do if you'd like to use it. You can say, Tom, I'd like to use that. Can I use that when you're done? Children almost 100% of the time will say yes because when they're done with it, they don't care. <laughs> um, unless it's like a special, like my lovey or whatever it is. And then you ask the other child to say, how many minutes? And then they'll say like five or usually we're like under five minutes is the answer. So the other child feels powerful. There's no power struggle between them. There's no... Um, resentment between siblings or between um, kids that are in a play group together and a lot of times after they say like five minutes and you're like I'll set the timer um, they actually abandon the toy because they don't care that much because they had their feelings respected that they were using it and then they're like here you go a lot of times when you walk away another so. pitfall to avoid with choices though is make sure that you are okay with both mm -hmm. choices yeah. If you offer them two choices and you want them to choose one, guess what? Which one they're not going to choose. Yeah. The one you want. So just make sure that you're offering choices that you are okay yeah. with.
we do that in teaching a lot too. It's uh, along the lines of errorless learning. So you're like, both of these are okay. Or if I say like, I'm looking for a spoon. I need it to stir. What am I looking for? The spoon. You give them the answer first. Sometimes that can help too. Like we need to eat a vegetable. These are the vegetables. Which one will you choose? That helps them. Yeah. yeah. Great. And that's the end. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry it took so long. Yeah. Um, if you have questions, because now we're getting into your break, and I apologize about that. If you have questions, chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. It's uh, the their postcards in your swag bags. Please go visit. Email me. I love talking about all of this stuff. Please email me, and I will do my best to help. Or put you in contact with someone who can help. You can also talk to us during the break. As yeah, well. and yes. talk to us during the break. Uh, also, I just wanted to mention, so uh, Nanny Know How Consulting consults with parents, educators, and nannies on uh, we use gentle, respectful discipline mm -hmm. techniques. So if you want to learn more, you can also uh, check out my website or Facebook page, uh, Nanny Know How Consulting. I gave a shout out to your REI episode, not knowing yes. it was you. I was oh, like, there's nice. an episode about this. She's like, that was Kim. Yeah. <laughs> You've all met her. But yeah, yeah Nanny Know How Consulting. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I hope that you all enjoyed that episode. Uh, it was a really, really fun time. And if you attended a International Nanny Training Day event, please write in to chroniclesofnania at gmail.com and tell me what you learned or if something that you learned gave you an idea for a suggestion of an episode or anything like that, please write in and let me know. If you would like to let Sue Downey know how the event went, I know that she has po been posting feedback forms on a lot of the nanny groups. Uh, you could probably also reach out to her directly for a feedback form if you are raring to give some feedback about your event. And then if you did not get to attend an event because there wasn't one nearby, you can email into Sue about potentially trying to set something up for next year. So I'm sure that she would love to hear from you. Uh, and one more plug for Nanny Palooza. There'll be two different locations in the fall. I will be talking to you more about that. But Nanny Palooza is a total game changer. So if you attended and enjoyed an International Nanny Training Day event, uh, I highly, highly recommend attending Nanny Palooza. Um, great. And then during that episode, you probably heard Katie and I referring to a slideshow that was going on. If you would like a copy of that slideshow, you can visit www.chroniclesofnania.com and right on the homepage, there are a few, I think you have to scroll down a little bit, but it says subscribe to our email. Um, if you put your email address in there, I would be more than happy to send you a copy of the Positive Discipline slideshow that Katie and I put together with references and uh, also other episodes to listen to if this is something that you're interested in because we talked about it a lot in a lot of different places because it's something that I strongly believe in. Uh, wonderful. So we end each episode with a fun story or quote from a kid and Stephanie Ojuku, Stephanie, I really hope I said that correctly, but Stephanie Ojuku 
wrote in to share one, which was perfect timing because I needed one for this. She says, recently I've been telling my nanny child that I believe in them. And for the first time today, her nanny child climbed a ladder and at the top proclaimed, I did it. Oh, that's so wonderful. I just, I love when kids are proud of themselves and uh, cross new hurdles. So thank you so much for sharing that story, Stephanie. That is adorable. And well done with uh, telling your nanny kid that you believe in them. It's so important. And in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, we sometimes forget how important that is. So thank you, Stephanie. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.